Hello and welcome to episode 330 of Three Beers in a Movie. I'm Richard Laird and I'm with... Colin McKay. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year, Colin. I just realised we're very close to episode 333 and I will not be able to say that, I don't think. 333 of Three Beers in a Movie. It's going to be a lot of threes in a very quick space of time, so that's something to look forward to in January. Yeah, in January. Five times in a mirror and a bad film will appear. Yeah, I'll appear in the mirror. Happy New Year to you, Colin. How was your New Year? Are you, did you enjoy uh, it? I did enjoy it, yeah. It was very very quiet in general. I stayed at home, um, had a few beers and watched Billy Conley with my, my child. And it's not bad to spend it. Yeah, it was in bed by one o'clock. I think I was in bed so, by about half past twelve, quarter past twelve. It was um, The New Year does not have the same excitement as it maybe once did. It's a young person's game, isn't it's it? It's a young person's you, game, it really is. Yeah, definitely. De- definitely. Yeah. There's, there's no appeal to wandering about the streets looking for a party or you know, being out of home and stuff like that. It's no. Much rather be indoors with my slippers on and comfy cosy. Agreed. Very much yeah. so, with plenty of food around me and just within reach of the, of the remote control. Yeah, ex- exactly. But it was pleasant, though. It was nice. Um, all overall, too. I, I, I couldn't find it. I, I, couldn't find it at short notes. What's what about a good New Year's movie to watch? Like a New Year's Eve movie to watch? Ooh, I don't know. Um, I can't think of Ghostbusters 2. Mm-hmm. I can think of Harry Met Sally. Yeah. And I could think... And if I was going to watch one, which I didn't get around to watch, I watched Jojo Rabbit instead. Um, I watched... You could have watched... The Poseidon Adventure, see the, the, the Gene Hackman one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's uh, Eve Party. Uh huh. Um, what about to be controversial and just throw it in there? What's the one that the uh, Lars von Trieb one where it ended the world with Kirsten Dunst in it? That one. Oh, is that New Year's Eve as well? I don't know, but it's just the end of the world. So I'm just thinking right, apocalyptic. I'm not, well. in, not wanting one. I want something specific for New Year's Eve. It's like, uh, <laughs> oh, right, okay. I'm looking for a theme. I'm looking for a theme here, Colin. You have all the Christmas Day movies that are Christmas related. <laughs> So I'm looking for a New Year's Eve late movie. I'm just saying it's not quite as widely represented in the it's, cinematic. Definitely. It's the new date. It's a new year. It's like a dawn of a new sort of thing. You know, it's like a beginnings type thing. I'm trying to think of movies where, because the classic scene would be everybody in Times Square celebrating the countdown. And I've seen films it's almost, yeah, kind it's, of set it's piece in it, but I can't recall. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like, for example, in Forrest Gump, for example, it's a part of the film. It's not the main mm. point of the film. I'm trying to think of a film that's sort of mainly centred on New Year's Eve or set on New Year's Eve. I shall do some offline research and I will get back to you. Um, yeah. Anyway, so next year I'm going to go with Side Adventure. That's what I'm going to go with next year because it's, it's New Year's. Oh, um, the, the original, the remake. Oh, original. The, the old school. I like it. Yeah. yeah. But the, the remake's got Kurt Russell, isn't it? No, I had a Kurt Russell, but it's also not oh. very good, unfortunately. Well, no, it's, it's, it's all right. I don't, I don't, I love the percentage of it, but yeah, it's the, the original's fucking brilliant. Yeah, yes, yeah, sir. Anyway, what are you drinking tonight, Cosy? Aha, I am admin. drinking Estonia's finest Viru. Oh, the, the I love it. Yeah, I, I knew you were like that. The, the kind of weird penis shaped bottle. Oh, yeah, it's like a pyramid, but not a pyramid. Yeah, I used um, to bring it all the time in the Gordon Street Beer Hall. Mm. And it is a tasty beverage. Very nice, it, yeah. Mm. <coughs> Genuine Estonian. So yeah, that was a Christmas present that, that I got. So I've got so many Very fancy nice. beers. Good I'm going to be shown off. I've not had brew in years. I'm, I'm, it's actually quite one of the ones I've ever saw in a menu again. I'd be like, I'd be jumping on yeah. it to have it. 
Yeah, you have to you, you don't. Like I know you get it in supermarkets now and again, but I think you need to go to like kind of yeah, like kind of beer halls or world kind of beer kind of pubs that kind of place to to get it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a really nice beer. So it's Estonia. Very close. Ends up bottling Estonia as well. Yeah, and over here it's like lots of pennies. So it's like um, a bottle over here. Yeah, but um, <laughs> no, the next choice. Cause I'm a big fan Thank of the look. I, I, I like it a lot. Yeah. I thought you would appreciate that. Um, too. Yes. Yeah. I've, I've been doing my, my beer games on point the last, <laughs> I'm not, the last few. Yeah, I'm, so I'm definitely not. I'm drinking lemonade tonight because I drunk too much over the Christmas period. I, I think I was drinking a bit more drink in the two weeks of Christmas than I had like the previous, you know, 50 weeks prior. Tis the season, so it's um, that, that's it's a season, the yeah. Too much drink, too much food. food the body yeah, needs a bit yeah. of recovery time, so I'm just on some very frosty lemonade to try and, um, you know, so sort of get the body back into you are detoxing, detoxing. Some. detoxing <laughs> a little bit, yeah, certainly, certainly, yeah. Um, I think it's golly, golly. Um, we had a wee miss week last week because we were talking about a top 10, so this week there's a shit ton of us we'll talk about. We'll, there's so much to catch mm. up on, so we'll be very, we'll be battling through some stuff right now, so. Cinema catch up. Anything we've talked about previously that you've not seen? That you've uh, now seen talked about previously? N- not in the cinema. No, no. I think we're no. allowed to speak to everything. Um, I did go and revisit Wonka on New Year's Day with my kids. We wanted to go and see Wonka. But on a second. Immensely, possibly better than the first time around. Um, immensely, immensely well. Still came out pure feel good, glowing, happy. Yep, very, very good film. Um, I might even get an extra point. The, before you come on, I was debating with myself to like I want to buy a pair of sixty-five pound Wonka Converses. It's, yes. it's an it's an internal debate I'm having myself right now. Do I want these bad boys? Are, are they based on Wonka or Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? Wonka. They're like sort of tied into the movie. Are they purple? Kind of pinky purple, like yeah, with writing on them. Yeah. Buy it. Do it. Do it. I'm. I'm. I mean. Totally, like 100% encouraging you to do this. Um, yeah. <laughs> throw caution to the wind and do it. Make it happen. So next time I see you in work, I want to see you trotting about in your, your Wonka shoes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be amazing. <laughs> do it. They held up time around very well, did it? Very, very much so. Um, I'm probably going to, I'm, I'm maybe going to up it to nine stars on my rating because sometimes I'll do that, I'll kind of chop and change. So I might even pop up to a nine star movie. Nice. Yeah, very holds up very well. I think if more people see it, it might have made a lot more people's top tens. But I think it was just out the wrong time for a lot of folks to yeah. see it. Like, yeah. Christmas period is not a good time release, I don't think, because people aren't going to the cinema. Nah, people, the life, the, the, there's a whole kind of Christmas life going on. Do you know what I mean? It's only freaking idiots like us that are still yeah. going to the cinema at Christmas time. <laughs> so it's... Uh, and looking at what you've seen, when we'll talk about later on, but what's out just now, it's like basically everything that's left over from before Christmas and a few wee extra things in there. But there's mm. January, February, a bit of a dead zone where like, well, like the cinemas to an extent, but for us it's good because it's a lot of films that we, like, you know, sort of just the big Oscar releases and stuff like that, and they sort of more thinky films come out. Mm. But from a cinema's point of view, it's a bit of a dead, like like yeah. the whole all the place. There's no Mission Impossible's or Disney flicks and stuff like that. Yeah, it no. becomes a bit more Oscar baity. So which which yeah, is an exciting time for us. A lot of stuff is just sort of left there essentially. Yeah. You know? So we can catch up and some stuff. Um, anything you've caught in the cinema that we've... not not caught anything in the cinema that we've not talked about that we've that we have talked about previously. So, so everything we're going to talk about today will be brand new. Um, we can go over. But um, at nice. home, have you watched any good TV shows over the Christmas break? You watched? 
Yes, um, me and Lorraine binged based on a true story um, okay. in the kind of Christmas week leading up to New Year. Um, What's the premise of this? Shown on Sky, basic premise is a couple with financial troubles um, find out who a serial killer is and strike a deal with a serial killer to make a podcast where they interview him um, about the murders and stuff like that, hoping to cash in on the, the whole murder podcast craze that is sweeping the world still. Still, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I and... Uh, in any podcast now that they will eventually interview a killer on camera, you know, on mic. Yeah, that's yeah totally. It is one of those things you're like, yeah, why, why is this not happening, Jay, or when is yeah. it going to happen? I mean, it does seem like it's a, you know, it's a real possibility in, in the real world and not, not just fiction and and is this going to encourage a kind of madness who knows uh-huh. um very very good show starring um kaylee cool 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 how do you say it and she's not quite as manic as she was in the flight attendant but still kaylee doing kaylee which is is she like big bang kaylee type thing no, again, it's a weird one because she, she's pregnant in it, and she's uh-huh. she was pregnant when she was making it as well. So she's uh-huh. toned down a wee bit, I guess, the, the physicality is maybe kind of... Yeah, definitely, but um, still uh, really, really watchable. Quite dark at times. Um, yeah. She's great say. in it. Um, and the, the two kind of male leads, I can't remember their names at the moment. You'll know who they are as soon as I say their names. Um, Chris Messina. I know the name, yes. He's, yeah, he's good in it as well. And the guy that plays the killer, Tom Bateman, he's not been in that much, but he's really, really good. The guy's got charisma and he plays a creepy fucking killer as well. So he does. He's, he's really good. Um, well, well worth a watch. Um, good fun. Can't wait for next season. Eight episodes. Um, I've oh, been no, the no, I, thought, I thought it was a one and done. No, no, no. It's uh, eight episodes, but each one's about 25, 30 minutes at most. So you, you rattle through them very quickly. Um it's eight seasons. There's going to be a second season because it leaves it on a oh shit, what's going to happen next? Um, but in a good way, not not in a annoying way. You're kind of oh, I want to know what's going to happen next. Um, I've kind of been reading some reviews and stuff, and everybody seems to be comparing it to Only Murders in the Building, and I'm like, but the only similarity is they're both about podcasts, and it's like murder podcasts are a big thing, so of course there's going to be TV shows about it, but people are you know, saying it's, it's a poor man's only murders and it's ripping it off, and it's like, it's really, really not. You know, it just happens to be that's the zeitgeist just now, and it's... People have got to... It's feeding got to, off it. Ah, you've got to... You try to sell it, you'll sell it as it's like Murders in the Building. That, that's what you'll try to sell it. You, you're, that's how you probably... You know, it's like every action movie for like 20 years was it's Die Hard in a... It's die hard or not. Yeah, but it's rubbish because they're not. Yeah, but I don't know. But I think it's people that's come to this conclusion themselves. They're, they're, they're just seeing murder podcast and just thinking of tune. Some like, lads are there. It's a murder podcast. So that, that makes sense you would compare it to Murders in the Building. You can approach it. Very, I'm sure it's a very different kind of show, but absolutely, I, yeah, under, yeah. I understand why the comparison is made. You know, it's, mm. it is. That's when I first saw it. That's what I thought it was. Just like a, a sort of Murders in the Building ripoff. No, no, it's def- definitely its own thing, but ve- very, very watchable and easy, easy to get through. As I say, like twenty-five minutes. I mean, just you rattle through them. It is slightly upset. Like, it's, it's going for a second season. Now, that's not what, what I thought. It was, I thought it was more of a one and done type thing, which is I feel I'm gonna. I don't like. I, I hate committing to things. 
There's not many one. I can't remember the last one and done that I actually seen. Do you know that? The, the, this one and done's are Russia now. I've not seen that yet. Um, but that? then, th- does that tie into that? That the whole kind of his whole theme. Do you know what I mean? His it does. It does. Serious and, and, a wee bit. Do you know what I mean? I, I get it. I don't mm. mind like sort of, for example, True Detectives coming back out, and it's like it's like. Mm. But it's not tied into the first three seasons. It's like yeah, they're, they're, yeah. Every season's separate. It's, it's anthology as opposed to yeah. all tied together. So I, if I watch the third season, I don't like it. I can always just go, right, I'm ditching this one. I'll, I'll pick it back up when season four comes out. Because mm. I didn't really drive on season two, I think it was, that much. I think that was one I didn't really like that much. So it's, you know, so that kind of thing. But anyway, I will definitely, based on a true story, will be our next, I think it's going to be our next watch. We've decided it's going to be our next yep. thing I to watch. I think you just will enjoy it. I think he's old. He's old. You'll dig it, but you can you can let me know that that's I that's can. the fun part is you can let me know. I like that. I can let you know. Um, but, yeah. but that's pretty much it for TV catch ups. Everything else I've got is all movies. So nice. Uh, TV well, for yourself. Well, yeah, I watched over Christmas. I finished finally the Ahsoka season one, the Star Wars show. Took me a while. Um, it's it's fine. Like I said, it's. I get why you like it. Um, understand why you it's it's sort of it's plays the Star Wars the real Star Wars geek. Um, yeah. Not a lot there for the the casual fan, but I'm a fan who knows enough to to know none of this matters because I don't because like the, well they talk about this like the big bad in it right mm. is the throne guy right yeah yeah Admiral Thrawn yeah who, who do nothing to build up all all he keeps saying is old oh, Thrawn's bad Thrawn's bad old oh, Thrawn's bad and like I don't really see him do anything bad in the whole fucking show but you know he's going to be gone within the next twenty years because he's not they don't mention him at any point during the uh, the the like the yeah the the Fucking Skywalker saga, not the future Skywalker saga, yeah. Uh huh. So they don't yeah. make my talk. So you go, so none of this really matters that much because it's like it's all sort of, mm. it's just filler. Is that make, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, yeah. So like, you see, like, oh, like, so like C3PO turns up at one point, you go, oh, that's cute. And like Grand, yeah. and, and Grand Mothma's there as well. You go, oh, that's quite cute mm. and stuff like that. And Admiral Akbar's there at one point, and you go, oh, that's cute as well. But everything feels very sort of none of this really matters. And the story itself doesn't seem it's, it, it. It feels very detached from it because like no one, it, there's no point when Luke Skywalker at any point in like the, the start Skywalker I go oh like this is like the Ahsoka thing or yeah. even mentions any kind. You go like what like it's never so it just feels totally detached from it. I think this is Dave Filoni trying to build his own oh, no, kind of universe. Goes, yeah. I think he's trying to move away from. The Lucas Star Wars and become his. no 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 I think I think the opposite I think he's trying to tie it more into Lucas Star Wars. I think he I think he's almost looking at thing like when you go into that sort of like the astral plane type thing you know, yeah. it's, it's almost yeah, like yeah. I reckon that could be they might start doing because they're doing like sort of almost time traveling stuff so I've got a feeling they could even do stuff where it almost eventually retcon everything that Filoni didn't like about because I don't think Filoni particularly liked the sequel saga yeah yeah that he almost like he'll retcon that completely just do his own thing which might not be uh, a bad thing he's got he's got he's got a good eye for it. i think he's he's definitely the man to have in charge i think kind of but then also some of the fucking dialogue was atrocious oh yeah D- yeah the point where like it was like it was the way that they would talk and it was like about a 40 second gap felt like between like answers it was like hello but i think 
along yeah, comes like, from like bit of pace, bit of movement. But remember, Filoni was he started out with the Clone Wars. That was his thing. It was animation, so he oh, was yeah, Star no. Wars animation for a long time, and I think he's still he's no translated. No, I no get switch that, quite like, yet. There, there's other people on the show who can go we need to tighten up a little bit you know you don't need that much fucking air between each bit of dialogue um, yeah. having said there is some cool stuff in it in this place we all stand for Rosario Dawson so we always love to mm. see her yeah. we love Maria Winstead as well who I did I thought got really short shrift she didn't get a lot uh, to do she, yeah definitely and in, in the cartoon Rebels her character is so much you know kind of bigger and, and stuff like that and yeah they just kind of Wasted it. Um, Ray Fisher was was quite the revelation. Ray he was maybe Stevenson. Sorry, yeah, he was um, he was amazing. In it. He was, he had gravitas. So he kind of brought out gravitas that it never had. Do you know what I mean? The sad thing about it is he was probably the thing I found most interesting in the whole yeah. show, and it won't be in the show now, and that's a real shame. Like the throne character, I found very uninteresting as a baddie. Um, I did like the wee guy they go and rescue at one point. The mm-hmm. sort of. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know what his name is. He, he the new, out the yeah, the new the new Jedi Master, so to speak. Ah, uh-huh, I like him. Anything? I like yeah. some stuff for that, yeah. and I like like said Ray Stevenson character. But um, ah, it's a bit of a shame that his character yeah. pretty much is is now kind of he's, he's done gone. because obviously because him passing away, that character's not going to. I don't think that character will be um yeah. like brought back anyway. Which is a, a real shame because he, he did seem the most interesting, most interesting yeah. addition to like the Star Wars universe um, for me. Yeah. Um, but it's not a bad show. Like it's enjoyable enough. It was better than than Obi Wan. I think most things are better. Yeah, <laughs> Obi Wan really is the secret invasion I of the think Star Wars. The holiday special might be better than Obi Wan. Yeah. Um, and I probably enjoyed it a little bit more than say the first half of um, Andor. Mm. Yeah. I struggled with the first half of Andor. Yeah, Andor took it kind of built. You kind of it sucked here in the end, but it was yeah, yeah. It was, you know you you had to commit to. Um, I thought it kind of knocked spots off Boba Fett as well. I think it kind of put that to shame. I think that and off and yeah. probably off of the maybe even the last season of Mandalorian, which I thought was really weak. Yeah, yeah, not not the best. Um, before we move off for this one, um, the Ray Stevenson, his re assistant girl. Yeah, she 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 looks very much like Hera McDonald, freakily so. Just for anyone that's listening, it's someone we work with, and, and yeah. the, the, the resemblance to me anyway was like, my God, that is frighteningly. It's scary. like when I watched Sweet Tooth and saw you as a baddie, I'm like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah, so I like, whoa. But I, I watched Sweet Tooth and me and Lorraine do it, we'll pause it sometimes and be like, no way, that's fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, very odd. And that, I do like stuff for that. Minute, they're probably going to talk about a little minute where one of the characters that looked very like one of my friends. It really freaked the hell out of me. Okay, cool. I'm intrigued yeah. to hear what that is. Yes. Um, so, enjoy so, yourself. Not bad. I think there'll be there'll be another season as well. I think. I think they're they're setting that up to be to be so. Yeah. So let us then call. Let's move on to the movies. There's lots and lots and lots of movies. But we'll, we'll probably be quite brief on all these movies, and um, mm. because there is so many to get through tonight. So I will start very quickly with a Christmas-related one. Although it's very very tangentially related to Christmas, and that is Silent Night, um, the latest and the most recent John Woo movie. He has returned to Hollywood after 20 years, um, away back in his in his native country, um, obviously. His last movie was Paycheck, the Ben Affleck one, which got a lot of shit, but I did not dislike Paycheck. I've not um, seen Paycheck. Do you know that? I've, I've never seen it. I mean, it's, it's yeah. not great. It's not, it's not vintage John Woo, but it's... I enjoy what it is. Passable, um, yeah. 
Yeah, he also obviously he's a man who done hard boiled. He's a man who done face off Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible two. two, yeah, yeah. Wind talkers as well, and you know a myriad of. Um, is he is he from Hong Kong? Isn't he John Woo? Hong Kong, I believe he is. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah. Um, of, you know many many films in, in that world as well. Was so, it, did he do Infernal Affairs as well? Was that John Woo? I don't think he did Infernal Affairs. No. No. Okay. Cool. I'm I'm, I'm saying that out loud, and I'm checking myself now because. I feel like an idiot. I, think, <coughs> I, think, I, think you're right. I don't think I don't think he did. No, I don't think he did either. Yeah. Infernal Affairs. Oh, there's a remake of Infernal I just realised there's a remake of Infernal Affairs and that's quite upsetting. Um, the, well, The Departed is a remake well, of Infernal Affairs. Yeah. 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 But um, it, it, it does it, it does action. Like, it kind of changed Hollywood action films, I think, John Woo. Kind to the point, a lot of people try to copy what he did. Yeah, we'll get yeah. to that in a little minute. Um, okay. So, um, so anyway, this is basically it's a, it's a story about um, it's on Sky Cinema. If anyone's looking for it, guy he starts out with a guy chasing down a car, and he's like, like obviously he's he's bloodied. He's wearing a Christmas jumper. That's the best Christmas it all gets. And he's sprinting after this car. And he, something bad has happened. You're not really sure what's happened. He ends up getting shot. Well, being shot, uh, he shot him in the throat, so he can't speak now. He's now mute. Okay. Okay. Um, and right. a lot of flashback, you find out that he's why he's chasing the car is because the, the this is this is not spoiled in the first like ten minutes. The his son was killed in like a drive-by, like an accident, it's a straight bullet in a drive-by. So he's chasing after the car because he wants vengeance. Um, understandable. Yeah. Understandable. Yeah. yeah. So once he goes, once he gets, once he gets a hospital, he rather than you know rather than seeking out therapy like some somebody probably should do, he puts himself towards honing himself and his body and mind and everything to basically become the Punisher to go out and kill the people who killed his son. And that, that's this sounds fucking great. So it does. It brilliant. sounds. Yeah, it sounds great, Colin. It sounds great. Um. <sighs> And that's basically that's so that's what's weird about the film is essentially like the majority that you get the chase at the start and the next like forty or fifty minutes of this film is essentially him just on a continuous training montage. Oh yeah, you, <laughs> in the sense that you see him building his skill set and you also see like sort of the, the decline of his relationship with his wife. Hmm. Um, and the whole conceit of the film is that it is there's no dialogue in the film whatsoever. You know which. At times, does stretch believability throughout it, you know. Um, but anyway, that's just conceit. There's because it's silent night. There's, there's no there's no chat yeah. in it. Um, and in the film, you've got Joel Kinnaman. He plays the uh, the guy who gets Ooh. shot and is looking out for Benjamin. Yeah. I, I love Joel Kinnaman like, more than yeah. you really should. should. Yeah. I, I do um, a lot. Also, you've got Kid Cudi plays a police officer. Harold Torres, Catalina Sandino Moreno, and Yoko Hamamura plays the main body. Um, <coughs> It is a sort of, I would say it's a welcome return for Wu, but it's a bit subdued. Yeah. It feels like the innovation that Wu did, like we talked about, that people tried, you know, people loved about Wu, hmm. they've surpassed him a little bit. You know, when you watch things like John Wick or even like Atomic Blonde and stuff like that, yeah. you feel that people who have watched John Wu films as kids have learned from John Wu and have taken it to the next level. And there's hmm. some interesting stuff he does in this. But it feels like someone trying to do John Woo, and it's like, oh, is that your John? You shouldn't be the guy who's trying to do it. Trying to be John, yeah, you be you, not. What you that, think you should it's be. That thing yeah. of like, you were, you are great, and you are brilliant, and nothing else could be done unless you did what you did. Yeah. But 
you've not you don't seem to have like moved on. You're still doing the same tricks you've done in the past, you know. So in that yeah, way it's yeah, a little yeah. bit a little bit dated, a little bit old in that respect. Kinnaman <coughs> oh. is very engaging, I'll give you that. Very much enjoyed it. Mm. Um villains are very one note and cliched to the point of basically being racist to the sense that like there's not a single person in this film who's shot, other than the kid who who might you know even the kid is um like he's half Spanish, like half Latino kid. Right. Everybody else who gets shot in this film is non white Colin. Um it's it feels a very nineties film in that respect, where it's like sort of like not you know, you know that kind of way. Um and you go Let's let's find a stereotype racial profile yes. bad guy and that's it, that's your bad guys are all and, of this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I get you. Yep. Yep. And the biggest problem is the conceit of the silence on it, like no dialogue, that's quite a clever idea. He's been shot in the throat. Why would he talk? He can't talk. That makes sense. But at no point does that become a hindrance to him. Mm. You know, like at no point is he trapped somewhere that he needs to shout for help and he can't do it. Yeah. You know, it's Which never like a song. Good, that would have been quite good. I mean, would you need to make a sound, but you can't. See, that would be a good spin on it. Something to do with that, but there's nothing, the, the, lack, the lack of the voice that he's got doesn't actually hinder him in any way. Yeah. yeah. You know, so that's... So it's a gimmick, but it doesn't do anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Like John Wu should have shoved... Maybe what you said, we're going to shoot it in black and white. It would have the same effect. You know, John Wu should, should have consulted you and said, Richard, what do I do with this? And you could have said, you need to make him that he needs to say something, but he can't. You need, or you need one scene where it happens. Like if he needs to you know, he needs to phone for help or anything, or yeah. explain to, like, say... A, there's a bit where a police officer where he could, he could try and make it clear that he needs, he'd want to help her, not kill her. Some mm. of that, if you use that properly, can I made that more of a conceit that he needs to use his voice to tell her. They yeah. don't. Um, so it's a bit oh. of a letdown, unfortunately. It has a lot oh. more. The, oh. the finale is pretty good. Like, the last like, 20 minutes is a good kind of action scene, and there is some kind of real cool John Wooness in there you really enjoy. You know, it's got the mm. slow mo bullets and single tears falling, and there's no doves, but there's pigeons. Um, but yeah, just a bit underwhelming, I think, is the way I put it. Oh. Does he do his flash kick in it? He's... Yeah. It's all there. Yeah. Love that. Like guns and dropping and yeah. reloading and all. It's all that stuff joke. there, but it's just, it, it does feel like someone tried to emulate rather than. Oh, you know, it's, it's it doesn't feel fresh in any way. It's a real shame. Yeah. Um, good cast, though, because I do think, I, I know not everyone's a big fan of Joel Cameron, but I, I think the guy emotes really well. I think he's got quite an expressive face in his eyes and stuff like that. I think it's, it's probably... What I was with Joe Kerman? Joe Kerman doesn't care about being liked on screen. He's not always trying to play a likeable character. He seems quite yeah. happy and content playing characters who have got a... Not to say nasty to him, but can be subtly, can be a little bit... Oh, yeah. the wrong way. Definitely. There's Which I think quite is... A few quite a few films. Most that. actors want to be liked and be remembered as being like good guys. He seems to be quite content to do things that are different. Yeah, he can be a dick when he wants to be, but he's... Uh-huh. He's got the chops and charisma to swap it around in the next movie, and you look cool. Yeah, about yeah. yeah. I've heard his show on Apple Plus is very good. The uh, for all mankind, he's in that. Oh, I need to go. Um, out of ten, sir, for Silent Night. Unfortunately, a five. Five's not too bad. It's an action film for John Woo for fuck's sake. Wasn't it going to get yeah. a ten anyway? It's so, for yeah. John Woo. If you've got Sky, you have for free. So go fucking watch it. Yeah, definitely. He's still John Woo. Even by John Woo's. <laughs> still John Woo. Still fucking John Woo. homage to the man that is Yeah, absolutely, sir. I'm going to watch this now. You, you, yeah, you've convinced me to watch it with your loose <laughs> <and> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> cool review. Let's talk about the one film we've both seen this week. We've both, we've both seen. 
And that okay. is a Netflix film called Rebel Moon Part 1, um, A Child of Fire. Yes. Rebel Moon Part Two, a ridiculously long title. Um, directed by Zack Snyder, who obviously has done things like Man of Steel, 300, um, The Batman v Superman, or also... Mm. Yeah, he did, and every time I, I feel I want you to shake towards Zack Snyder, I remember he did a really great remake of Dawn of the Dead. And I think that's a, a genuinely brilliant film. Yeah, yeah. That 300, and I'm going to throw it out there and say the Snyder Cut of Justice League. Watchmen it's as well. It's not good, but it's better. Much better Watchmen as well. So the, the, the man can the man can make a film. He can make a film, but, I, I, but a lot of my films are very visual and not a particularly interesting story, but I would say Donna Dead is both. I think the Donna, Donna Dead is genuinely an excellent film. Brilliant film. Yeah, agreed, sir. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, so I'm going to be very brief on the description of this film because really it's, there's a lot of shit going on, so I'm just going to read what it says on IMDb, okay? So, Go for it. So when a peaceful settlement on the edge of a distant moon finds itself threatened by the armies of a tyrannical ruling force, a mysterious stranger living among them, um, among its villagers, becomes their best hope for survival. So essentially, small farming planet, big empire comes to take all their food away, they fight back. Just trying to spark a rebellion, essentially. That's, Sounds familiar, but I don't... I can't yeah. quite place... Well, this was <laughs> the story that Snyder pitched to Kathleen Kennedy and was going to be his Star Wars movie. Yeah. Um, eventually that died away, so he basically retooled it, renamed it, and brought it out as his own... He's starting with mythology. He wants to do half a dozen films with this, comic books, TV shows... Video games, everything. Video books, role-play game, board games, which everything. Seems, which seemed a bold idea, based on what we're going to talk about in a minute. Um, so it's available on Netflix. In the film, you've got Sophie Boutella, who is, I feel, one of those actresses now that Hollywood doesn't know what to do with. A bit like Ava Green. Like, she's obviously got real talent, but they don't really know yeah. how to use her. Um, yeah. You get Ed Screen, you know, for when you you need Ed Screen. Uh, Digimon Huson. Um, Charlie Hunnam is in it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> in an almost offensive way. Ray Fisher and the voice of Anthony Hopkins appears three times in the film, I'd say. It's Anthony fucking Hopkins yeah. in a Zack Snyder sci-fi film. Yeah, so... What the fuck? Colin, I've talked a lot. What do you think of this? But you probably tell from my attitude towards this already how I feel about it. How did you think about it? Um, I went into this... I'd read reviews before before you'd kind of said you'd watched it um, and I'd went into this because of, it's so bad that I'd need to watch this film. I enjoyed it. Oh, more yeah, than yeah. More than, more, no, no, listen, I, it's, yeah. I, I, know, I can see why it's terrible. The fucking dialogue's terrible. The plot's terrible. The characterization is, I can see <laughs> every single fault with it, but I enjoyed it for what it was. It's just a pure shitey slice of sci-fi hokum um, it's not dissimilar to like fucking stuff from the 80s like kind of fucking what was the one called Cull the Conqueror um, where you go out you get together a band of fucking people and off you go do you know what I mean like time bands so Magnificent Seven it yeah. is and the one thing that's pissing me off right is everyone's saying it's ripping off Star Wars it's ripping off Star- Star Wars ripped off Kurosawa, do you know what I mean? So did everybody yeah, does it. It's yeah. it's like yeah. Star Wars I mean, doesn't no, fucking have, have exclusivity no to that format. No, I have no issue with being inspired and indeed ripping mm. off other films. It, it's every filmmaker's done it since the dawn of yeah. you know film. Yeah, so there's exactly, nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Yeah. My 
problem with this one is it's it's a myriad of ideas that don't it mix just well. don't yeah it don't is at any point it feels like five it, movies in one and yeah. they keep hearing this thing of like oh there's the directors cut out there that make it make it more make sense sure it does but this is the film you put out you can't suddenly just go oh you need to wait for the directors cut to understand it's like no you put this film out Dude, this has to be a film that's seen it's on netflix they don't really worry about runtimes any shit like that so you could put out a three-hour cut snyder keeps doing this so he releases something and then he's like oh here's the film i'm like well why did you do that? Fucking no, give oh. us that first, and then like, piss about it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's I, it's I a strange think, thing. I don't think I think he's. I think there's a lot of Snyder bros out there who think he has like God's gift, because they always like might make um, apologies for him. And I think mm. he's kind of he has a he has an interesting filmmaker, but you can't yeah. keep seeing him a film gets fucking panned that you've got another yeah. cut of it that makes it better. That's not the way it works. Yeah, this is this is film that you, you. I'm guarantee you, he had final cut on this film. Yep. You know. Yep. This is the film he has chosen to put out there. It's the film he's chosen to put on the platform. He's the film that says this works as a movie. And I finally think like, it does not work as a film. I think there's so yeah. many plot holes. There's so many things that these ideas yep. are picked up then then get dropped and then get, don't ever yep. get picked up again. And you go, if you didn't want it, and then just cut that out. Cut out the full story. Why don't just cut out half yeah, of it? Yeah, but bits of it. And also as well, it, I just found it dead odd. Like, they'd be like, okay, right, we, we need... We need a big fucking surly brute muscle guy. There's one there. We'll go and get him. No, so there's no. They just go and get people. But there's no. Uh-huh. There's no build up. It'd be like oh, they'll throw away. We got like, he was a prince. And you're like, so fucking what? Yeah. It's just it's just right. We need this. There it is. There. There's no mm. build up. No story. No background. It's just planet to planet. There's a person. Recruit a person. And and that's it. There's fucking no yeah. narrative keys of jail pulling all together. It's just. It's, it's almost like a fucking string of idiots, do you know what I mean? Just this one, this one, this one, this one. It's, oh, it's, it's a string of ideas that don't actually form yeah. a conclusive whole. Um, yeah. The thing is, well, to me, it looked at times very expensive, and also some of the yeah. stuff was really cheap. Yeah. Like, some I, of the, I, it, like, so it, it swung, it's like, well, that looks a lot of money you spent, and I was like, oh, you didn't spend any money on that. That looks yeah, really Yeah, some cheap. of it is like PlayStation 2 kind of video game backgrounds, and then other bits uh-huh. is like mind blowing. You're like, that looks fantastic. It, like, the robot design was fucking stunning. I'll give you that. That's one thing I really did enjoy. The robot design I thought was excellent, and some mm. of the creature design I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, that, kind yeah. of, that kind of spider thing yeah, I thought was yeah. pretty cool. So there is some good visual, and as he always like, he has done some really interesting visual stuff. Um, creature design was really good as well, or, or really good. It was interesting at least, at least. Um, and again, it's just that visual. It's a bit like you know the whole thing with like JJ Abrams always had the lens flare, and it got to a point where mm. like is he is he taking a piss by doing this so often that he's almost going to do it? I feel Snyder's the same with that with the slow mo. Like he's almost, oh, Jesus he's almost tempting to go. How much can I do before like get away with this? Because it's like you know you I do it. You know that kind of How thing. How much was there? It was like, but it was like. It, <laughs> Times it was just for no reason at all. Do you know what I mean? You're like, uh-huh. the, 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 that is irrelevant to anything at all that's going on in this fucking scene. And it's like... the time I thought I sat in the remote control and it paused it. Before we, we move on to, to break Charlie Hunnam, because he fucking deserves it, he is going yes. to get berated in a second. I, I do want to say, I thought Ed's screen was probably the one in the whole movie that understood his role. Yes, I he, he got it. I think, you know, he, he's got that I'm a hammy bad guy. I'm going to go for it. And I think he just embraced that part in a big way. And I really enjoyed his character. I thought he was just brilliant, you know, what he was doing. He just embraced it. He just fucking became 
you know, fuck it, I'm I'm doing this, I'm going for it. And I thought he just totally got the tone perfectly. And I liked his his role in it. Did you think the big bearded guy who who's an Ant Man, whose name I always forget? Oh Damon. Him? Which one? An Ant Man? The guy who's the guy who leads the town at the start, big massive beard on him. Oh right, yeah, 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 yeah. You don't think he looked like my mate Bradley? He did about actually, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. not wrong. You are not that's, wrong that's, at all. That's a little bit of watching it. Um, so anyway, yeah. Let's talk about Hunnam. What the fuck was that? So let's give the viewers what, what we're talking. So Charlie Hunnam plays a space vagabond in this. Yes. Um, yeah. He plays. Uh, it almost be described as perhaps um, a ruffian. A rough, yeah, yeah. Um, with the a most herder, you might even describe him as possible. With, <laughs> with the most outrageous Irish accent I have ever fucking. What the I'm not fuck? Irish, and I was actually offended by it. That's, <laughs> it, was almost, it felt offensive listening to it. You know. <laughs> what was funny is before I started watching it, I was doing it. I was going to play it, and Lorraine was just walking about the house talking in an Irish accent because she was thinking about Barry Keown for some reason or right, and okay. her accent knocked fucking Charlie Hunnam's out the war I, 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 what, why it felt like an odd choice and you feel like somebody should have went mm-hmm. I think there's, a, I think there's another, another Irish actor in the film should have went to him mm, I think they want to rein that back a bit um, because it felt it just yeah I, don't, I think he's one of those guys said. Um, Hunnam's one of those guys that I've I'm not a huge fan of him, but he has been good uh, in some things. Sons of Anarchy, um, possibly Pacific. Lost City of Z. I've really enjoyed Lost City of Z. I've not seen that, so I may give you that one as well. But his but movie yeah, generally has been, I think, pretty poor um, from what he's done. He's um, not. He's not. A, you don't associate him with quality, shall we say? You do not. No. The, the, <laughs> yeah. The higher, higher up he is on the um, the call sheet, you go. This is a worse movie for him. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. I think the thing about this film was that it was more frustrating is in a big build-up, there's clearly been a lot of money spent on this and the second part, which is coming, mm. which feels less a promise and more a threat at this point in time. <laughs> um, there's, there's something there. There's, and the idea of like sort of yeah. original, sci-fi, original sci-fi in this new world, it excites myself, in this, you know, because, like, like for example, the creator excited because some, it's yes, it's building on old themes and things we've done before, but something it's not just an IP that's been rehatched and repackaged. It's 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 doing something within its own world, and it's like that's gonna be interesting. And it just felt like so many missed ideas and so many missed chances in this, and it just yeah. it became a real for me a real slog to watch. I really struggled to get through, it and I was watching but, at home, curled up in the couch. Yeah, no, real but, but there was a lot of times when I'm like, is this like serious do you know I mean you're, you're yeah. always questioning like is this meant to be deadpan because there's no human in it. I mean it's played fucking deadly deadly that's the only person a real, that has, a real lack of humour in it a real lack yeah, of anything Ed's been the only ones I say it seems to get that you know this is <laughs> nonsense and he, he yeah. everyone else is just pure fucking you know Shakespeare you know they're like, we're doing this I do think though um as bad as it is, I did enjoy it because it was so bad. It was just pure nonsense. But I do think there is... I, I can see his mindset, his building this universe, because he's left this disjointed enough that you can go in there and just take lower. Because he's given you... There's threads in there, you know, like this thousand-year oh, fucking... Is, yeah. There's bits everywhere that you can just spring off of and make fucking whatever stories, fan fictions will come out of this and all sorts. So I do think he's clever and that he's kind of set up he can make 
fucking, you know, TV shows, movies, video games, all of this will spin off the back of this. Um, it's just where the quality improves, stays the same or declines is, is yeah. the big question. Yeah. Yeah. Out of 10, what are you giving it? I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to give this a 6 out of 10 because the world is so fucking harsh on it. Um, I do think it is pure nonsense, but I, I kind of had fun with it as well. And that, that's you can't ask for more than that. Um, so I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10 just to kind of offset all the kind of shit that it's getting. I got a 10. 4. four. There, see, there you go. So that's a balance out to a 5 now. There you go. The <laughs> spend two hundred million on them. Averagely passable movie. Well done to them. Um, <laughs> big week for Netflix. We'll, we'll talk about our Netflix. Well, I've seen this film. You had a choice between this one and Rebel Moon. You went for Rebel Moon. Um, the other <laughs> film out um, on Netflix recently is a film called Maestro, um, directed by Bradley Cooper, starring Bradley Cooper, produced by Barry, uh, Bradley Cooper. Um, I think pretty much done everything. Yeah, I think he's very much <laughs> the guy in charge. Um, also produced by Scorsese and Spielberg. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. So this okay. is Maestro. Um, so Bradley Cooper's only other directing credit so far has been A Star Is Born, a film that made a lot of money and had a big soundtrack and was a bit of a zeitgeist moment for a while there. Mm. Um, this one is about Leonard Bernstein, who is a composer from in the 1950s, I want to say, the 50s he's run about. I don't actually know anything at all about Leonard Bernstein, so I'm interested to hear what you've learned it's about it's him. A, it's, a, it's covering a part of his life where... It's not a biopic from, like, birth to death type thing. It's more of mm. sort of a, a... I think he's still alive, actually. I'm killing him off and he's still alive. Um, it's more covering a sort of period in his life when he became very famous at the burn in, in his sort of mid-twenties. Um, met his wife, but then became even more successful as he, he wrote a music for West Side Story, done a bunch of musicals, um, uh, done a lot of, like, sort of classical pieces he wrote and also conducted big orchestras as well um, and it's sort of his kind of very hedonistic life of his wife and also the fact that he loved men as well um, and his wife didn't entirely love that he loved men um, you know, in the sense like, yeah. <coughs> yes very much so yeah um, <laughs> and it's sort of it's, it's his life but it's also very much her life as well as she struggles with this sort of having this man who's obviously cheating on her um, mm. and like does he want her does he not want her that kind of thing um, as in the time telling his telling his life story uh, as well so it's, it's a kind of oh, it's a biopic kind of through someone else's eyes it's quite a, an unusual mm. okay right okay um, wait yeah. look at it um, so you get Bradley Cooper he plays um, Leonard Bernstein um, who all, I don't think I knew about him was he, he's referenced in that R.E.M. song which one? The End of the World as we know it oh yeah 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 that yeah. like Literally, like, one life. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's one of those. I know the name, but if you that said to me what's he done, I'd be like, I have no idea. I know he's really, really famous, but that's it. Yeah, very much the same. Um, you carry Mulligan in it as well. You got Matt Boomer, um, Vincent Amato, and Sarah Silverman is in it there as well. It's very well directed. Bradley Cooper's a very interesting. He's a filmmaker from like sort of definitely the Scorsese Spielberg film, where he understands film. He wants to make film as beautiful as possible and he believes in the power of movies he believes in the power of the art which is very very noticeable with the way he makes his movies and mm. now you hear him talking in interviews he doesn't doesn't make a fun guy Bradley Cooper he seems yeah. like he's very intense he's very film. serious yeah, yeah yeah but he can make yeah, he obviously puts a lot into his art I think, this, I think this film's taken him a long time to make 
I'm sure he was pissed as fuck when he found out that um, Kate Blanchett had done Tar, you know, and pretty much taken the fucking thunder of composer movies away from him. Um, but you can tell there's a lot of heart and soul in this, um, a lot of his heart, a lot of time, a lot of effort into it. Mm. But I found it just in, so emotionally cold that I just could not get into it. Um, oh, no. Was that by design? Um, or? I don't think it is by using it. I think he's trying to be charming. He's trying to do things with it. But I don't, it just never connected with me whatsoever. I never connected with their relationship. It never, it never worked from start to finish for me, unfortunately. Um, it, it just didn't connect. Um, it is really impressive at times, like um, the way it's all shot. It does different ratios, all black and white, and touch to colour and stuff. So, <coughs> again, from a technical point of view, I cannot fault it. From a, like mm. from that point of view, it's it's such well done. The makeup on him at times is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, other times, I love it. Rope, it looks like you know Bradley Cooper with some grey hair. But other times, it looks mm. amazing. Like you can barely see the man behind as he gets older. You can. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing that she may do old age makeup and something like older. The only thing you can never do right is the eyes. It's still like a young person's eyes. Yeah. Yeah, you can't you can't get that shit. Yeah, you yeah. can't get that, that. You can't get that sick, yeah. that 80, 90 year old looking someone's eye. You know, it's very oh, yeah. young. Yeah, yeah. Well, Bradley Cooper's in his fifties now, so but you know what I mean. It's just there's something that a person's eyes give away the age more than anything else. You can, yeah, you can see that life in the eyes, and, and you can't you can't capture that. You know, <laughs> can't take that. Yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, I get you, yeah. man. I get you. Um, but the makeup is very good. Mulligan is excellent. Um, she she does bring real. She brings a, a certain amount of emotion to the to the role, and I, I, and probably she was the most engaging part of the film for me because she's Cara Mulligan. She's she's excellent mm. at what she does. Um, it is two and a half hours long. Or two plus hours, it, and to me, unfortunately, it, and I hate saying this about a film where there's so much effort and put into it, it was kind of dull. I, I, I felt myself looking at my watch a lot, you know. Same like never talking about everyone had that fear about see Kills of Flower Moon, which by the way is mm. out or next Friday on okay, Apple Plus. Cool. Um, that it's a long film, but you don't notice it, and I was, I felt, my, and I was, I totally get that. This film, if I was watching it, I, I felt. If I saw this film, I'd be looking at my watch a lot more during it, but it really did feel like I was counting the hours, if you know what I mean. Mm, I kind of paused yeah. it at one point, I was like, holy fuck, still an hour and a bit of this to go. Yeah, yeah. But biopics is falling into that very easily, I think, because it is, <coughs> the, the subject matter is so singular and yeah. it revolves around that one, you know, fucking universe. It, it, biopics yeah. can can be quite good, you know, get on with it. Controversies with this film. So the first one, I guess, um, is, is the nose in the corner. Um, everyone was losing their fucking minds about the nose, which I don't get why. You know, the I guy's got a big fucking nose. Um, yeah. You know, it's nothing to do with being Jewish. It just happens to have a big fucking nose. It was made with the consent of the family. The family had no issue with the family yeah. said. So, and honestly, when you watch it, I didn't even think it was a big nose. I, I had no but issue with whatsoever. I've kind of read a few people saying, though, that exactly but you're saying that the makeup is so fucking amazing but all everyone is doing is looking at nose nose and it's like come on man you know um and i've also another controversy um carrie milligan apparently his wife was latino or spanish perhaps um and yeah yeah which carrie isn't so that's another one that seems to be kind of doing the rounds as well i mean um, I, I can understand that they could have they could have cast a uh um like an actress, a Latino actor, a Colombian actress yeah. in the role. Um, that being said, Carrie Mulligan is excellent, and mm. it, to me, didn't detract anything from the story. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's, but I get it, I understand it. To me, yeah. I didn't know who I didn't know who the wife was, and yeah, I don't think yeah. in the film in a different way if it was cast as a Colombian actress. I, I yeah, you wouldn't, it, you wouldn't have had to. Yeah, 
But it's just it's just a shame that you know people do picking stupid things. Do you know what I mean? To 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 take a film as you say, made with such kind of care and skill and craftsmanship, and to pick on yeah, that knows. And it's like, come on, to, to fucking stop, you know, don't, don't be so fucking silly. Um, people, people irritate me. Um, I'm, I'm going to watch it because I'm interested to, to learn more about I think, him. Yeah. Um, I, I, I do like learning. Uh, did, did it make you want to learn more about him, I guess, is the big question about picks. I don't think it has. Oh, oh, right, okay. That, I feel like I've got enough that. from this. Yeah. See, like when we watched Chevalier, for example, as soon as I got home, I was sort of overwhelmed. Yeah. Who, who is it? What, what more can I learn about this character? And, and yeah. that's what I want from a biopic is that to, to kind of spark that flame of, you know, that first nah, knowledge it, of what more, more. No, I didn't do that for me, unfortunately. Oh, that, that's not good. Um, out of 10. Six out of ten, because it is made with a lot of love and care, and it is a beautiful mm. shot movie. So uh, there's a lot there to, to get. And some people might find more heart to it than I did. Um, mm. It just it fell short for me in that respect. So, um, yeah, six out of ten. It's in on Netflix now. Um, Causey, we'll go to you now for a film that's in the cinema right now, and that is Nick's Go Wins, which is the newest film from Taika Waititi, which was made approximately eight years ago, I believe, um, from what I remember. Yeah. <laughs> it was made a lot. He made it, I think he made it before he made Thor, I'm, I'm sure. Did um, he? Yeah, it could, pretty much maybe before that, he's been tied up with like shit. Um, well, I, did, I didn't right, know. So. I didn't know. So, um, so yeah, so this is this is um, everyone's favourite Kiwis um, football movie, I guess. Yeah. Um, it's a sports movie for people who don't like sports. I think the, the basic story is that the um, American Samoan football team get beat 36 0 off of Australia and they essentially realise they cannot win a game. They're embarrassed by everything, so they have this idea of like. Let's bring in this Dutch coach who will teach us how to play football. And all we want in the next season is, or the next qualifying campaign, is to score a goal. That's it. That's that's how low their expectations are. Yeah. And that's the dream, just to compete at a level and score one goal. Um, so you've got Michael Fassbender in the role, is that correct? He plays the, the coach. Fassbender is played, playing the coach, yep. Um, also got, boy. Who's, who's the boy turns up. Taika turns up. Turns up. Um, he's Boss, in a brief as well. Elizabeth. Yeah, strangely enough, Elizabeth Will Arnett's in it as well. Um, oh. Bizarrely. Um, makes no sense as to why they're in it, um, other than maybe they just like Tyker's films, um, but, but they're in it as well. I think the rest of the cast um, is mostly New Zealanders and Aussies. Um, Reece Darby is in it as well. Reece Darby pops up Look, very briefly as well. Apparently. I didn't even catch him in it, do you know that? He, mm. he was just... I didn't, he didn't register... Um, mm. I guess if you're not Chris, it doesn't fucking matter. Um, <laughs> sorry, Luke, but it, it's true. Um, very charming film. Um, it, it's just, it's that humour that we love, that, that kind of dry, blunt, stinted fucking Kiwi humour that, that Taika does so well. Um, you know, the, 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 the kind of silly accents, the bluntness, um, you know, just just the, the kind of not understanding a question and hitting back with, you know, the, the, the straight-laced answer and stuff like that. It's mm-hmm. all of that. But the most interesting thing about this um, is Fastbender doing comedy. Because Fastbender doesn't do comedy at all. Well, no, he doesn't. He, he did no. part of the immortal line of I'll do the fingering, um, which was very funny in, in, in Alien Covenant. But other than that, I can't remember ever doing He's, he's not, and I think what makes it funny is watching how awkward Fastbender is in a comedy film because it's a fucking weird thing to watch. Is it's, it good? Bad? How is he? He's he's good, 
but he's not funny. If you're not, he playing straight. Though, that point, he's supposed to play in straight. Is that the it, point? Yeah. No, no, it's just fastbender because you know he he's still fastbender. Um, it it tries kind of comedy lines and stuff like that, but he's just so awkward, and you, you can tell you know he, he's not not a comedic person at all, and it, no. it's just. Fascinating watching just Fastbender in a comedy, um, especially Bataika, who is so absurdist at times with his comedy, um, at times surreal, do you know what I mean, and stuff like that. So it's just seeing Taika's projection onto Fastbender and Fastbender kind of treading water in, in that environment. Um, it, it's a fascinating thing to watch, it, it really is. I will um, say the film was shot in 2019. The reason why it takes a long to come out is because they had to reshoot stuff because the Will Arnett role was originally Army Hammer. Who eats people and now can't be cast anymore. <laughs> <laughs> can't be anything. So they had to basically reshoot stuff around. So Will Arnett is playing the Army Hammer role. That's, so that's Which is utterly bizarre because either actor playing that role is such a disposable throwaway role that they could have cast me in it and it would have it would have mattered, no, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah you could put a cardboard cut out into that role and you'd be like okay um, so that's utterly bizarre that that's, that's what delayed it um, it, it it's, it's a sweet film it's just feel good movie full of heart um, you've seen the documentary so you know exactly what the story's I about. Love the docu- I'm, I'm scared. I'm, I do want to see. I love Taika. Kind of, like I said, I watched Jojo Rabbit on mm. New Year's New Year's Eve. So I'm a big. I love Taika. I love all his work. And um, this gives me the feel a lot of it because I adored the documentary. The documentary is one of the genuinely most. It's one of the funniest, but also most heartbreakingly emotional things I've ever seen. It's 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 why you love. Why I love sport. Why I love football. It's like it has that feel. Like I get it. I understand it. It's like. At one point, they're talking to the goalie, and the goalie in it is like sort of he lives off the island. He works in like works in like New, uh, Los Angeles. He works for like a construction yeah, company. Yeah. And he says, "I don't. I love my country. I don't want to be the guy who's remembered for losing thirty six goals. But that's what everyone will remember me for is being the goalkeeper who was in goals when my team lost thirty six nil. And I but don't the, want to be that guy." But Karen, a, in, in the film, I think it, it gets that. There's a dead sweet sweet in it where two cards are talking and they say, oh, yeah, he's the keeper. He's the one that lost 32 goals. And mm. the comeback is, oh, yeah, but he saved 60. Do you know what I mean? Aye, so th- nice. there, is, there is that heart and sweetness to it that it's not lampooning the team or what happened. That's, you know, no, it, that's, it, it's never, that's the thing the does. The document is never making fun of them. And that's yeah. a, it's a really thing. Like, you cannot, it's, it's a bit like the Wrexham documentary. You cannot make fun of them. You have to accept the, yeah. the good nature of it. You have to accept the wholesomeness of it. Of these guys, they're not getting paid for this. They're not making money out of this. They're doing this because they love it and they want to do it. Passion. And yeah. you have and the pure passion of doing it is what should, and you have to accept that. There is a transgender character in the movie, in the documentary. Yeah. How are they treated in the film? Very respectfully. Um, it's a yeah. transgender actor playing the transgender oh, character okay. um I, and yeah n- nothing but respect you know th- th- there's no smart put downs anything like that you know it, it's dealt with sensitively in a realistic manner um uh, very very well done um and, and okay she, she's also possibly the standout in the movie she's really really good now she's she's standout in the um the documentary, so. the documentary you would like you would go to bat for her every in every situation you would fight you would fight a war yeah. for her 
Same, same with us. You're behind the character. For the minute you see her, you're like, I'm, I'm with you in this journey. I'm fucking rooting for you to full time. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you will. Well, you watch this and I watch the doc, but I think you'll like a lot. It, 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 it doesn't, you know, it doesn't belittle like at all. It doesn't cheapen what it is. It, you know, it's having fun with it and it's poking fun, <laughs> but never in a nasty, horrible way. Um, okay. You know, I, th- I think Taika, I think it's something he cares about. You know, he knows the story and he's for its interest and, and he's just kind of taking it and made it. Any, it just, it's, it's just a feel-good sports movie, you know, like, you know, it's underdogs... So Yeah, that's the name of the book. That's how it is. So, directed by Francis <laughs> Lawrence, who directed the last two Hunger Games, The Mockingjay Part 1, Part 2. We made that thing. Remember, he used to do that thing where he split films in half. Very mm. odd. A strange time. He also directed I Am Legend and Constantine, which is I'm actually a big fan of. Uh, I'm and, Red, yeah. <coughs> and Red Sparrow. So, he's a director who, who actually can do some interesting stuff. Mm. This film is a prequel to The Hunger Games. It's set approximately like, like 30 years before the first movie. Um, mm-hmm. And it tells you the rising um, of the Cornelius Snow, I believe the character's Who name is. It's, is. Is that the Donald Sutherland character? Donald Sutherland. Isn't so it? It, must be like, yeah. it must be like must be said sixty years before, based on how old this guy is and how old yeah. he is. Um, so it's, it's set not long after sort of the war that where the, you know the Hunger Games is sort of like a thing they do in response to the war. You know, it's like to punish the districts in a sense. So it's yeah. not long after the wars. So everyone who's alive is sort of still has memories of the war itself. Okay. Um, so as the Hunger Games takes place, Keneally Snow becomes a mentor to someone from District 12, um, and his job is to help her not necessarily survive the Hunger Games, but to... Perform. Sort of perform. That's the way I always put yeah. it, to perform. To, you know. um, but then the film twists, because after that happens, it is telling the story of him being sort of exiled out to District 12, and how he sort of becomes... The Cornelius Snow that we all saw in the, the later films, you know, what starts as his, what's his beer hall moment essentially? What's his, what's his beer hall push moment essentially? Um, so it's, it's the, the rising of the, the Cornelius Snow character. So it's a lot. There's a lot of story in there, and that probably we'll get to in a minute. Um, the main Rachel Ziegler plays the the girl from District Twelve, who is his, you know, ward in this. Uh, Tom Blythe plays Cornelius Snow. Viola Davis plays like a games designer. <coughs> Peter Dinklage plays the guy who thought up the Hunger Games, and Jason Schwartzman plays the TV caster, essentially the same role as who is it in the oh, Hoffman? No, not Hoffman. No. It's um no. oh, oh it's a, Stanley Kubrick. Oh, right. no, Stanley yeah, Kubrick. Yeah, Stanley right. Kubrick role. You know him. Okay. Yeah. Um, so this is I have I have real issues with prequels. You know, it's I, I don't like them because. I always feel there's no jeopardy. It's probably a problem I had with Ahsoka. There's, there's no jeopardy. I know... Yeah. I don't know... I, I, there's no surprise as to where the story's going. Like, I know he's going to turn out bad, so it's, it's there's no real interest there. There's going that. to be another 30 Hunger Games leading up to the fucking next movie anyway. Yeah. 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 Aye. So... Yeah. So... It's, always, it, it's too long. It's two hours and 40 minutes long. It's, ridic- it's ridiculously long. So it's essentially two films smooshed together. 
You've got the Hunger Games that they really need to put in because like, it's called the Hunger Games. We need to have a Hunger Games. Mm. And then you have this other story that happens straight after it where it's like the, his rise to sort of, or descent into madness, rise to power, whatever you put it as, sort of crashed into each other. And it felt like you could have had two films here. I don't think he needed to find a way to trim it down into one film and not have the two halves feel so, like, abrupt. Yeah. You know, <laughs> they feel so they feel so separate from each other, you know, um, and because I never really, I never really, it doesn't really engage, and I think a big part of that is obviously the original one um, had Jennifer Lawrence, she was a force of nature in those films. What yeah. I will say, the best thing in the film is Rachel Ziegler, and um, she plays like she's a, the ward, she's in West Side Story, um, yeah. main girl in that. She, she seems got, to she she's making some. Bad choices, though, I feel. She was in Shazam as well, wasn't she? And then she's been in this as well. I she, she does. I think, I think she booked Shazam at the same time as West Side Story. So it was more of a, right, I'm a, okay. a job. So mm-hmm. she's okay. in this. And she's also playing Snow White in the new Snow White. Yeah. So I think, I don't think it's that bad because she is actually, she's probably the favourite thing in it. She's really good. She's got a real feistiness to her, real mm-hmm. kind of character work she's done. She's got, um, she plays a sort of like a, a travelling musician who gets stuck in District 12 and gets lumped in with them, and she's like sort of plays like a kind of hillbilly sort of folks band. So she's yeah. and stuff like that. So she's actually, I liked her as a character. I thought she was really good. The problem is they forget about her for big chunks of the film. Like basically for most of the Hunger Games, part of it she hides, mm. which I appreciate because if I was in that situation, I'm also hiding as well. Yeah. But <laughs> but when you want your hero characters, like have them just hiding away doesn't make much sense. I think in the Hunger Games she doesn't actually kill us. She doesn't actually kill someone by her own hand it's right, okay. accidental it's like everybody just kills each other and she sort of just left so there's, yeah. there doesn't really seem a lot of bravery with that character um it just it just felt oh, a little bit bland a little bit blue and i hate to say a little bit as the kids would say mid yeah it's also really i find it dead strange that they, they kind of do it with harry potter as well and stuff is they make these films two and a half hours long and their target audience is teenagers, and it's like, I'm sorry, but what, what filmmaker thinks that a teenager wants to sit for fucking two and a half hours and watch a film? Uh, do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. That doesn't compute in my brain at all. No. Do you mean, like, get them 90 minutes of just fucking, you know, what they want, and then you off they go again. You could easily get a two hour film out of this, and it'd be yeah. absolutely passable, fine. I probably would have liked it much more, but it may have made my bum hurt less sitting in the cinema yeah, watching yeah. two and a half hours. But How? How does the boy do um, Channel in Sutherland? Does he channel Sutherland he's at all? Or... Oh, he's not. No, he's not. No. no. And I think that's... I'm actually okay with that, not doing yeah. that. Mm. The same with like when um, Chris Pine played Kirk. Kirk he didn't try yeah. and do a Shatner impression. I'm actually okay with that. Yeah. You know, have enough of the energy of what the character is. You don't have to do an impression of that character. Okay. You know? I'm, I'm actually okay with it. You, you don't have to try and ape what they're doing. Something that's night like... Was it Men in Black Three? And you had um, who was it? Josh Brolin oh, playing uh, Tom, Tom, Tommy Lee. Yeah, yeah. Didn't yeah. look anything like him, but he had enough of the attitude to sort of like. The, you got it, yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah. He's not bad. He's not bad as a character, but I, I, it's it's still it's day one of a guy descent into madness and you know evil, whereas Donald Sullivan's a guy who's been invested. And the Donald Sullivan character at that point has like been in it for what ninety years, you know. Yeah. So it, it, it it's hard to see. How that becomes that, you know, it's, it's it's you know kicking off, and it feels like if what happens in the film kicks him into office to doing what he's doing, going, 
you need some, you know, therapy, man. <laughs> Talk to somebody. I feel there's issues, issues there to begin with. You know, <laughs> aye, it's like, you know, men will do anything other than go to therapy. Sometimes they'll start an entire, you know, <laughs> you know hunger game where they kill off millions, hundreds of thousands of children just to not have to go to therapy. Um, so, yeah, it, felt, it, it does feel a bit like it, the push to send him into this oblivion doesn't feel like a big enough push. Okay, cool. Okay. cool. Um, I'll give it a a, a, a very bland five out of ten. It's a, it's a very mid. Yeah. Yeah. Mid. Um, I've, I've not read many good things about. It. I think there are still diehard fans that are kind of shouting, you know, from the rafters. But I think mm. the kind of people that have been honest are, are pretty much saying what you're saying is it's a bit unnecessary, over long, and yeah. So yeah, my, my wife Lady is a very big fan of the book. She read the book and she enjoyed the book and she did not enjoy the film. So yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. I think I'll wait for it to come on. Streaming. Yes, wait for yes. the streaming. Yeah, um, I will finish with my last film for the night, and then we'll talk about probably the biggest release that happened over the Christmas period. Um, that we one that you can talk about. So I watched a film called I keep getting this name. Is it Alien? 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 Eileen. 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 Directed by William Oldroyd, who directed a film called Lady Macbeth, which I absolutely adored. It's the one with Florence Pugh. Um, it probably announced her, if not to the world, but to me at least. Mm. Um, <laughs> So the plot one is a young girl who is she's working in a correction like a young boys correction facility, uh, set in Boston. And she's very she has a very kind of boring, bland life. She's at home, she's dealing with her alcoholic father, who's a police officer. Her sisters have all left home, they've all got married, and she's sort of the last one left caring for him because it's just him and her. Um, and she's not really happy in life. She's only in her early twenties and life's a bit already she's pretty much hating life. Um, in walks one day into the, the facility um, as a new therapist, a very glamorous woman, and she comes a bit infatuated um, with, this, with this woman and basically befriending her and kind of want to become her friend, and that leads her down some a, a dark path, um, let's put it that way. Um, and okay. she discovers things about herself and also about the, the person um, who she became infatuated with. So in the film you get Thomas and Mackenzie, who for me is, is my version of Who's that? I keep forgetting the actor that you like his name. George Mackay. She is my George Mackay. I find Again, everything she dude, does very interesting. She's such, because she's just this mousy, mousy wee thing, but she's just got, there's shit there, and you just, you just mesmerised every time you see her. You're like, what's, what's going on? Do you know where yeah. you know she's from? She's Australian. Isn't she? New Zealand, yeah. I, I didn't know that. I only found that out the other night. Her accent in this is. She's doing a Boston accent, and it's absolutely pitch perfect. She's last a real consumer so- when it comes to the voice. Last night in Soho, London accent, boom, nails it. Do you yeah. know what I mean? She's just, just yeah. Really good with accents. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get it. No, I, to- I, I totally get you with this one. Yeah, she she is one to watch, for sure. For Definitely, sure. yeah. Um, in the film, yeah, you also got um, playing the glamorous lady is Anne Hathaway, who is a very glamorous lady. Um, mm. You've also got playing the, the alcoholic father, Shea Wiggum, and I, I always love seeing Shea Wiggum on screen. She's always, a good, yeah. yeah. He's, he's, um, he's a 25%er, isn't he? For sure. Yes. Um, yeah. Sam Navola pops up in that as well. So, like I said, lovely night best. I was really intrigued by this. I was really excited to see this because I'm um, like a big fan of that film. And this is the follow-up to it. Um, it is a very intriguing character study about the Thomas and Mackenzie character, who once again is just so watchable, so compelling, and again you kind of get eyes off her. I think he's just such, a, such an interesting, interesting actor. And yeah. I'll, I'll, if she's in a film, it will sell it to me. Like I'll go and see a film knowing that she's in it, just I'm, I'm intrigued to see what she does. And this is yeah. very much the same. Extremely well shot. 
it looks great. Looks very much of its time, of its period. It's set in like sort of the nineteen, I want to say nineteen fifties, um, time. It feels like of that time. Um, the problem with it is there's a third act that feels completely unhinged from the rest of the film, and it okay. totally just it kind of doesn't tie in enough with it. Apparently, it's based on a book. So I don't know if that's how the book ends as well, but all it needed was a couple more scenes to link what happens in the third act, even, you know, seed it more through the first two acts that yeah. I can see how we get to this point. But I did, it just felt like, holy, f- I mean, I did, I kind of called it when I was, when I was watching, I said, I think this is this. And I was kind of right, but I, it was a random guess. It didn't feel like it, it, it was more one of those was, if this is what they're doing, I'm kind of confused by why they're doing it because like, they've not really given enough of this in the film to yeah. warrant this. Sometimes so, when I'm watching a film, I'll, I'll kind of think, what's the most ridiculous thing? And sometimes you'll get it and you're like, how the fuck do you, know I mean? like, like, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, fucking taking a leap getting to there and, and you've done that. It's, it's, yeah, it's, again, it's not yeah. Like the most ridiculous thing you could possibly imagine, but it didn't feel like it was all one with the movie. Yeah. And it felt like it just needed a couple more scenes just to enough to link it more with what's going to happen. And if you've done that, I think it would have bought the whole tunnel and it would have made more sense. Um, what? what is, so, so I've seen the trailer a few times for this. Um, I, I, I don't understand. Is it a psychological horror? Is it a thriller? Is it, I, it, I don't I know what it is. Psychological thriller would probably be your best like sort of description of it. Mm. I wouldn't mm. call it a horror, but it definitely feels like a horror at times because, like, the way she's dealt with by her father and stuff feels really nasty, and the way she deals with the way she is to herself feels quite nasty and horrible. There is definitely a horror aspect to it, yeah. but I would say I would definitely put it more on the psychological thriller yeah. Um, yeah. aspect to it. Um, it, it. It is interesting, it is well worth a watch, but like just that third act, it just needed it needed a little bit more something just to. To make it work, and without that, it felt it just it catches you off guard, but not in a good way. Yeah, you know, like it, it doesn't feel like it's the same movie for a little bit, and, it, and then you go, then you go, oh right, so that's how we're ending that then. Maybe maybe they consulted Zack Snyder and they're like, Zack, see we do this. The whole three teams missing. <laughs> but that being said, Thomas and Mackenzie's excellent because she's she's a real one to watch. Uh, yeah. always good. Anne Hathaway, I think, is still one of the most underrated actresses. I know she won an Oscar and stuff like that, but the amount of hate people have for Anne Hathaway, I've never understood. I find her an insanely watchable actress in everything she does, and yeah. I don't understand the sort of real... It's like the Brie Larson thing. Why do you dislike Brie Larson? You know, it's one of the things like she's yeah. always very charming and very talented and does her job exceptionally well. So, um, And Shea Wiggum, like I said, I always enjoy him. Mean, he's playing a real kind of nasty prick in this. He's, he's like a... Yeah proper alcoholic ex-cop who's just a dick um so yeah enjoyed it but i wanted more from it and it needed to explain more a little bit just just to just to nail that finale just to land the ending yeah yeah, yeah. out of ten sir six and a half. Oh, that that's that's been the highest oh well next next goal wins has been the highest one so second second best so um, I, I really do want to see it um, like I said same as you I'm totally invested in, in Thomas and Mackenzie's career um, <laughs> and I want to watch it just, just for that alone so I will yes. definitely watch this one be it in the cinema if I can still find it or I'll wait till it comes on 
Netflix or whatever, and I will catch it. Um, probably DOD soon as well. Um, last mm-hmm. film calls is one you talk about. I'm probably not going to see this, um, or if I do, it'll be quite a few weeks from now. And that is the final instalment of the DCEU, the the last of, of of that breed, and that is Aquaman and the the Lost Kingdom. The Lost um, Kingdom. So, what is Aquaman this... the Lost Kingdom about? What is Aquaman the Lost Kingdom? I'm still asking myself that question two weeks after watching it. Um, so, so this is um, this is the 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 DC extended universe. Um, this this is its swan song. Um, that this yeah. is the final film before um, Mister Mister Gun um, reboots it all and takes things off in, in his own direction. Um, so this one is a, a follow up to to Aquaman, um, and in this one. Um, what actually happened? I'm trying to figure out what this film's about, really, because it's a bit nuts. Basically, no, no, I'll get no. there. Don't worry. Um, yeah. Atlantis is under threat. Um, it's going to get destroyed um, by people that are kind of pillaging it. And um, to, the only Black way Manta. to save it is for Black Man. So the only way to save it is for Aquaman to, to go back and get his brother, um, his brother's help, um, who he imprisoned at the end of the first movie. Um, and what happens from then is it becomes a, a kind of buddy-buddy movie. Um, they go off on adventures trying to kind of right the wrongs of the world. Um, and pretty much that's Aquaman um, in the Lost Kingdom in a nutshell. This... Directed by James Wan, who we all know <sighs> directed the first Aquaman. He's also directed things like The Conjuring um, as well. Yeah. Um, he has directed... What was he directing recently? Let me check here. He, he, Malignant. Uh, he done Malignant. Malignant is still absolutely insane. And it should <laughs> be seen by all people. It's un- undescribable. <laughs> Just how insane that film is. <laughs> um, <laughs> Conjuring 2, yep. Fast and Furious 7, Insidious Chapter 2, The Conjuring, Insidious, obviously. Um, Saw, he was the guy on the first Saw, the, the, the good Saw, I think we can agree. Yep. Is that, is that yep. a good one? 2004? No, no, he done. Yeah. No, he done 2004. He, he, that's yep. a good Saw. He, he done the good Saw, yep. He done the good Saw. So, yeah, he's he, well known for his horror, I think. Um, yeah, more so. and, and I think this, that was the point of the first one. The first one had little kind of horror elements in it, and he brought in a little bit of the, a week, not quite horror, but he brought in sort of like nasty creatures that fell out of a horror movie. So you saw yeah, it. Yeah, the one for the deep. Um, I think pretty much what, you, what we've said, there seems to be a theme tonight, um, much like Rebel Moon, this is a film that, that's just lots of set pieces with no real cohesion. It's like all these ideas, and they've just thought, you know, well, fuck it, let's just, you know, put all these ideas in, um, and nothing just pulls it together. Um, kind of Momoa's became, or, or his characters became a parody of Aquaman almost. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, you know, he's now a stay-at-home dad by day and King of Atlantis by night kind of thing. Um, Patrick Wilson is his brother, seems to be the only person that, that, that kind of gets how bad it is, and you can see and you know, he's kind of grudgingly playing the character, um, and he's the one that gives it the most kind of pathos, unfortunately, because he's, right. you know, I, I don't know if he, he's just like, fuck it, I'm, I'm done with this shit, let's, let's just knock it out of the park and get out of here, but it's just lots and lots of ideas thrown at you, you know, it's just, you know, lots of one-liners and, you know, kind of, you know, fucking fight scene, one-liner, fight scene, one-liner, Momoa kind of been, you know, look at me, I'm posing cool, and then off to the next scene again. And it's not until the kind of last, that this is almost two hours and ten minutes, and it's 
the last 20 minutes that the film actually becomes Aquaman in the Lost Kingdom. So right, there's, okay. you know, there's just this big meander, you know, fucking garden path, garden path, garden path, and then at the very end of the film, you're like, you know, this should have been the film at the last 20 minutes and not fucking, you know, 90 minutes of complete guff leading up to it. You know, the first one, I didn't love it, but I know a lot of people did like it a lot more than maybe what it probably expected people to like it. It was a lot of ideas as well that was thrown at the wall. Yeah. Yeah. And it was sort of like a bit crazy, a bit kind of mad, but it all kind of coalesced enough. This sounds like kind of almost trying to do the same thing, but yep. it's just not coalesced in the same way. But there has been rumours of a lot of reshoots on this. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. I yeah. don't know. I would be surprised if James Wan was involved to the very end with the sound of it, what I'm hearing. He yeah. was off doing yeah. other things, and it feels, from what I've read, I'm not seeing it yet, but even what you're saying there, it feels quite tonally off. You know, it's shifting quite consistently. It's just all over the place, dude. It really is. Um, Momoa's trying his best, but as I say, they've just kind of caricatured the Aquaman character, and he's got that to work with, which is a real shame. Mm. Um, You know, he he does try his Momoa. He's this cool guy. You know, he's kind of big. He's buff. He's you know, he's cinematic. Um, But you've got to give him something to to work with. Say, Patrick Wilson holds his own. Amber Heard's very much underused. Whenever she's on it, she is probably the most magnetic thing on it. Oh. But she she's only in a few scenes and she doesn't have anything to do. Of the Amber Heard backlash over the whole Johnny Depp thing and stuff like that. Where it's kind of don't from a get me. Bit. Don't get me started. No, no, I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not saying oh. what what you went down on it, but I'm just saying. I think, think yeah, I think so. Part of yeah, it. Yeah. I think so, and it's a real shame because, like I say, every time she's on, she, you know, she lights up the screen. She just kind of, you know, takes you out of the, the shit you're watching, and you're thinking there's something a bit more interesting, and then pop, she's off again. Um, so she doesn't get to do a lot. Um, but yeah, just, just nonsense. Um, the the, the kind of the two brothers, um, you know, on the run together, helping each other and stuff like that. They're trying to do like the kind of banter. That you see in like lethal weapon stuff like that, and they yeah, just never, almost. yeah, they just never get it. You know, nothing ever lands. Everything just kind of misses. You know, kind of short remark. It's just, it's just a weird, weird film. And then, like I said, the last twenty minutes, you get the film that it could have been, and you're like, why? You know, why didn't you just do that fucking film instead of all this madness to get to there? Um, there's a sense that the audiences know, and probably the crew and the cast, and everybody know like. What the stakes here? This is it's a, it's a exactly. franchise. It's not going to exist. It's it's now done. It's now yep. finished. What are we trying to sort of build here? What's but which to me to me feels like the film because they've done anything in this film, yeah. and it might have worked because like there's no there's no stakes. You know they shot something like three Batman cameos for this film. Batman. This is this is better come out before Flash. Yeah, yeah. So this the is what you say, awesome. Batman. And you're right. They could have went absolutely fucking nuts for this film because as you say it's it's the the finale it's the swan song do what you want yeah. but you know it's just a it's just a real real mess of a film that there are some good scenes in it um mm. wilson as i say kind of holds the whole thing together you know he, he's kind of solid you know with, with his character and stuff like that but it's just not enough to kind of you know hold the fucking full film um yeah. it's, it's just it's just a crazy film um one to watch, I guess, if you you know if you've got any kind of comic book love, which we do, and you probably you'll you'll watch it at some point because yes, you know, you're a fucking idiot and you, you'll watch anybody in spandex, you know, fucking yes. try to save the world. Um, 
some cool stuff in it, some nice visuals. I'll, I'll give you that. Those special effects weren't awful. Um, Amber Heard, again, probably started a full thing with nothing to do, which is a real, yeah. real fucking shame. Four out of ten from me. Yeah, it does sound like a four out of ten film. That's yeah. Yeah, yeah, just 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 a big mess of a fucking film. I, I think that's what I've heard most of. It. It's it's kind of a mess. Yeah. Like you know, there's a lot of ideas, but you can tell. It wouldn't surprise me if there's like five guys writing the script. Yeah, exactly. Just rewrite, rewrite, and just chilling over. I enjoyed Rebel Moon a lot more than I enjoyed Aquaman. Surprising. Yeah, yeah, which is is is. is you know what? Absolutely yeah. nuts. Um. James Gunn, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, we've kind of been through a lot of shit with DC, so it'd be nice for us to get, get some returns on that. Um, I think mm. he's starting out with Superman. Superman for all seasons. Which is a kind of, he's going to be a kind of young Superman as well, so I've got it's faith in Mr. Gunn. And Superman for all seasons is a beautiful story in the comic books, if you get a chance to read it. It's written by Jeff Loeb. It's a wonderful story if you get a chance to read it. Cool. Um if anyone can make it work, it's gone. And like I say, we've paid our dues. Do you know what I mean? I think DC kind of fucking owes us a wee bit. Um, so it'd be nice to get that, that, that return on it. Um, and Agreed. That's what, Agreed. That's what we're holding out for, is Mr. Gunn's redemption. Well, um, that, is us, but, yeah. that is us for the bumper. That that was a lot of film. <laughs> a lot of movies watched this week, Colsey. It was, it was a bumper week of match-up. <laughs> um, and next week, we could... Be, we could have something very similar or something a lot less, depending how many movies we go and see. So, from next week, we've got on Netflix, finally out on our Netflix, is Society of the Snow, which is a story about the Andy's plane crash. Oh, right. We, yes, yeah. Excited to watch this film. J. B. Bayona. We're big fans of J. Bayona as well. Story brings the hell out of me as well. Even the live back in the 80s, I was obsessed yeah. with that film as well. So, this is a real big one for me. Quite interestingly, was they're saying that the character who's in this one is not in alive at all. Like he's in it, but he's not named. I think the character wrote a biography, possibly after alive. Yeah, but it's just and odd that that's... it's just two different takes on a story. You know, you're yeah. taking one from like well, I mean, like one version of it. It's like the characters he's in the he's in the alive because he's like one of the survivors of the plane crash. Yeah. yeah. But he's never named in the plane crash. It's focused on a completely different group of them. Does that yeah, make sense? Yeah, yeah, it's totally. odd for something in such yeah. small, small proximity to focus on, you know, anyway. That's that's I think we should make a vow to watch on Apple Plus uh, the family plan, the Marky Mark, Mark Wahlberg one. Okay, you big arsehole. Okay. We both <laughs> like Marky Mark, so that's one to watch on Apple Plus. Okay? Well, yeah, we both know the perils I like in Marky Mark as well, I think. Well, we've been bummed in the past film, but it's Michelle Monaghan, <laughs> and I like Michelle Monaghan as well. So, as yeah. do I, as do I. Okay, yeah. right, I will, I, will, I will make that, I will strike that deal with you, for better yes. or worse. Yeah. <laughs> in the cinema, we've got some new stuff out. We've got One Life, Anthony Hopkins' story about the mm. Holocaust. So it's kind of Schindler... Kind of, not, not yeah. a little gentler, but similar idea of kind of you know smuggling Jews out of, of Germany. Yeah. Thing is, I know what it's leading to, and I've seen the I've seen the real version of it, and I'm kind of like I don't know if it's going to work as well in a in a movie. What do you mean you've seen the real version? I'll mean? tell you off camera what it is. Um, okay. Um, also got anyone but you, which is the Sydney Sweeney Glenn guy from Top Gun romantic comedy, which is out. Big handsome dude. That I've seen the trails for that. Do you know what? <laughs> I'm I'm down with us. I'm down with us. Okay, I'm, I'm yeah. down with Sydney Sweeney. Um, you've also got Ferrari is out. Um, Adam Driver making cars. Mm. Mm. 
And if you get a chance to see it, it's showing in two different versions. We've got the boy and the heron. There is a dubbed version and there is the, the um, subtitle version. And I think we can agree that always normally going to see a subtitle version, but the Ghibli guys always do a very good job of the dubbing. They cast yeah. it well. They, cheat, they do it proper. Yeah, but still try and see the, the original version if you can. Always, always <laughs> go subtitled. Always, always, always. But I agree, but see if you watch some of the dubbed versions of the, of the Ghibli stuff, it's excellent. It's I think good. I watched, uh, what was the Princess one done? Princess Monique. I think I watched that in the dub version, and yeah, you're right, they, they actually do. Yeah, they're, they're, they're dubbing as. They cast really... it, they don't just put a random, they, they can't, I, think in, I think in this one, yeah. Patterson's playing the heron, I think it is possibly. In the okay, right. yeah. yeah, like they do cast it properly. So, um, yeah, um, that's out as well. So, that's that's what's out when we'll watch this week, Halsey. Where do we find us? Uh, number three, we the movie on X, Instagram and Facebook, so you can look us up on there and tell us how good or bad you thought Rebel Moon was. That, that's your challenge for this week, listeners. Um, Rebel Moon is the talking point, I believe. Yes. I've been Colin, you've been... Richard. And we have been... Three beers and a movie.